What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelike TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a busy show for you today, circling around the sports of Major League Baseball and the National Basketball Association. Spend the, most of the portion of our show touching on really the two big, big disappointments in the sport in the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies. I'll touch on the issue with the Rays and the situation that's going on between them sharing a home with Montreal and Tampa. And I'll touch on Yankees Red Sox that just got finished completing a quick two-game series over across the pond in London, England. First time ever a Major League Series has been played in the continent of Europe and in the city of London. I'll touch on that. And I'll also touch on... NBA free agency and everything that's going that that has gone down and what will go down within the next uh, twenty plus hours or so, but you cannot under any circumstances, you know, unless you are, unless you work for ESPN or you're Jake Simmons, you can't lead a show without talking you know, when a week's gone by and not talk about the New York Mets. The New York Mets are a circus. They... I, I, I don't even know where to begin with the Mets. The New York Mets are the New York Knicks of Major League Baseball without the narcissistic, grumpy, stubborn owner. The New York Mets can't do anything right. Ladies and gentlemen, the New York Mets are in fourth place. They're 37 and 47. They've lost seven in a row. They've they've in the last ten games they're two and eight and thirteen games out of the first place Atlanta Braves. They can't win on the road. They're 17 and 31 on the road this season. And they've blown more leads than you can possibly shake a stick at. Let's fast forward to last Sunday. Last Sunday, the Mets, the New York Mets, were up three to two against the Chicago Cubs and heading into the eighth inning. And the Mets bullpen absolutely flushed the lead down the toilet. Absolutely flushed the lead down the toilet. I mean they come into the fifth inning. Or, excuse me, the eighth inning. Kyle Schwarber hits a single. Chris Bryant flies out. Anthony Rizzo gets walked. And after a Rizzo walk and a Schwarber single with one out in the bottom of the eighth inning, Javier Baez hits a go-ahead two... Excuse me, I'll go ahead three run home run to put the Cubs up five to three. Wish they'd go on to win that game. 
Now, Mets have blown leads the entire season. But that isn't what the storyline is from last Sunday. Oh, no. The storyline from last Sunday is the fact that Mets manager, second-year manager Mickey Callaway, and starting pitcher Jason Vargas. Who, what? Yeah, Jason Vargas, a pitcher that hasn't been relevant since 2010. How he's still in the league, I have no idea. But he and his manager, Mickey Callaway, goes to show you that everything rises and falls on leadership. Mickey Callaway and Jason Vargas get into an altercation, an argument. With a Newsday media, with a, with a Newsday reporter after the game, after the game. Now Mickey Callaway, who is no manager of the year by any stretch. Couldn't manage a bullpen if his life depended on... I mean, again, his god-awful bullpen blowing leads left and right to the Cubbies. I mean, and I get it, the Cubs are like practically unbeatable at home. But come on now, a Rizzo walk and a Schwarber single, and then three-run home run, Javi Baez, just like that? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you gotta be honest. And that met bullpen. Their starting pitching has been inconsistent. The DeGrom we saw from last year isn't what he was this year. No Syndergaard isn't what he used to be. So the so the team is like, they can't get out of their own way. They cannot get out of their own way. And, and I'm about to tell you, another, and I'm about to share this story with you. With uh, Mickey and Vargas shouting, shouting at the reporter. And I'm going to read you some quotes that I found in Tuesday's New York Post regarding this incident. Greg Joyce, who wrote, who wrote this piece, by the way. Uh, let's see. Okay. Newsday. Okay. Okay, the Newsday guy is Tim Headley. Okay, so the, all right. So this is how the okay. So this is how the exchange went. Reporters had moved into the visitors' clubhouse. Mickey the walked through to get to the food room when Headley. The uh, the Healy, excuse me, the the uh, Newsday guy said, said, see you tomorrow, see you tomorrow, Mickey. Callaway responded, don't don't be a smart ass mother blank. When when he came back from the food room, Callaway asked the PR official to get this mf'er out of the clubhouse. And then and then that's when the. Uh, and then that's when the uh, bickering back and forth ensued. Vargas got into it by saying, 
he he stared at uh he Heedley and he and he and he after after Callaway got on him and he said and he thre- he threatened the reporter. He said, "I'll ne- I'll knock I'll knock uh, <laughs> I'll knock you the f out." Is what is what he told him. Before turning around and walking away from the reporters without taking any question. Okay, so this this is this is last Sunday, the twenty third in Chicago. This this happens after the bullpen Seth Lugo, who in his defense has been good this season. Had at at the time he was three and one with a two point eight seven ERA. Now at the time of recording this, he's three and two with a three point six ERA. But at the time, you know, he he wasn't a bad relief pitcher, okay. But still, this is a mess bullpen that like makes a living off of blowing leads. And you hear what Mickey Callaway and Jason Vargas said. Mickey, really? I mean, the reporters are like trying to. Trying to have fun with you. I mean, I mean, and and they and they can tell, and they can. They've been in it. They've they they've they've been at it. All right. So the 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 reporters have been pounding the beat as Mets beat writers and 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 Mets uh, and Mets reporters and, and and from Newsday, New York Post, everybody. So they they they've been around the block a little bit, so they they kind of know and, and know how to sense. When 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 the manager is is not in the greatest moods, so so he should know better and know how to take it all and take it all in stride. I mean, they see they they know how the game went. They saw how the game went. They know how the season's going. They know how the bullpen or the bullpen's performance and how poorly that's been. And they see you go to the floor and say, "All right, fine. Don't want to talk. See you tomorrow, Mickey." And kind of and kind of like a facetious tongue-in-cheek, half-joking way. And then Mickey is the one who sits up here and gets his feathers in a bunch, all all sensitive, who has not, again, one more time, has not been the manager of the year by any stretch, and he's going to sit up here and, and cuss out a reporter? I, I, I mean, are, are, are you serious right now? Are you serious right now? When you were, when you were up 3-2 in the game and your bullpen pissed his pants... And I mean, Pete. I mean, talk about Pete Alonso. What a poor soul. He Pete Alonso. This this met first baseman. He's hitting two seventy eight with twenty eight home runs and sixty two RBIs with an OPS over a thousand. And literally his efforts and his home runs is getting wasted and flushed down the toilet because Mickey can't manage a bullpen to save his life. And I and I got him th- th- threatening a reporter saying. Don't don't be a don't you know get don't be a a smart don't be a smart blank mf'er. I mean, re- really, Mickey, when when you when since you've gotten to New York, you've done absolutely nothing in in your career, nothing in your career, and all and all you've done in since you've been in New York is blow leads left and right. So starting back when la when on uh, last season. When you guys came out and when you guys came out in uh, April, looked like world beaters, and all of a sudden Mother's Day came, you guys hit a wall and were never able to recover. Really? I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, you you can't manage a bullpen to save your life. Yeah, you're sitting up here cussing out reporters. And and, and Jason Vargas now. 
J- Jason Jason Vargas, who has done nothing, nothing, nothing in his career. Nothing. He's a he's a career ninety five and ninety three pitcher with a four point two five ERA. Okay. Outside of winning his little cute championship with the Royals, he's done nothing. 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 He led he led the league in wins two years ago. Alright, fine. But he he's he he's no Jacob deGrom by any stretch. No Jacob deGrom. And I and I and I, and I got him sticking up for his pathetic manager be because the reporter was trying to have fun and tr- and try to have and try to have a little life and you know tr- having fun with him trying to trying to make lemonade out of, out of lemons and try to bring and trying to find a silver lining to a bad situation and it has been a horrible situation for the Mets and I got Jason Vargas sitting up here threatening a reporter or I mean are you are you kidding me right now When you're on the disabled list to begin with, with a calf injury, and you're gonna sit there and try to threaten to knock somebody out when you're injured your own when you're when you're injured your own self. I mean seriously, you're injured with a calf injury. Go sit in the infirmary somewhere, and or sit in the trainer's room and worry about getting better. Okay. I mean, what does Jason Vargas think he's think he's who Tom Seaver, uh, Dwight Gooden all of a sudden? I mean, give me a break. I got Mickey threat threatening a reporter. And Jason Vargas trying to be Mr. Superhero and and, and try to threaten a guy when he, when when he when he's got a when he has an injured calf and he's on the IL list because of it. After the bullpen literally vomited all over themselves and blew a lead to the Cubs. And I gotta sit up here and hear the and, and hear this. And then Mickey and then Mickey doesn't even have and and, and, and here's Mickey. Here's a fraud. He well look at look at this fraud. Then he Okay, so he gets fined ten he gets fined ten grand and then his during his four o'clock press conference the next day, he didn't even want to apologize. He don't he don't apologize. And then when he was asked if he was sorry, he said, quote, I can control my reactions better. Absolutely. Just just you know. And it said he wanted to keep the details of of, of his meeting with the news a guy private. Seriously? Will you sit up here and embarrass yourself and embarrass him in front of his contemporaries to the point where it's the back page on a New York Post and every New York newspaper in America, and you got you got people talking about it from Baltimore up to New York, and down down south as Tampa and out as west as Oakland. You got everybody who's who likes to, who is a fan of baseball talking about this stuff. National national. Uh, terrestrial radio and and podcasts and YouTube and anything else. They're gonna sit up here and say, "Well, well, well, uh, you know, I I could have controlled my reactions better." Oh, really? You called him an mf'er twice, 
and you, and then you and then you let and then you let some and then you let Jason Vargas of all people. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you you, you can threaten him without any repercussions, and you, and you basically let 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 him pick up your trash because all of a sudden Jason Vargas, who thinks he's Batman, feels the need to stick up for his pathetic manager who can't even manage a bullpen. And I got him in Philly talking about, well, I can control my reactions better, no apology, and basically the Mets have to pull an apology out of him, like 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 he's getting a root canal in order for him to apologize for what for what he know for what he knew good good and well was wrong. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Then on top of the fact. Then on top of the fact, because because Callaway is such a pathetic manager, and because the Met organization, like I said, is a complete and utter clown show, Met uh, Callaway gets told gets told from Brody Van Wagen how to manage the bullpen. I mean, when when Jacob Degrom was was pitching was pitching quite decently a few nights before in Arizona, you know we got Brody Van Wagen who wasn't even in the ballpark. He he's sitting at his, sitting sitting at his couch sitting on his couch up in the Hamptons having a uh, having a uh, an Italian BLT on rye sipping a champagne with, with with the butler giving him the the hot towel to put on his neck and we got we get him to dial up his iPhone XR and and tell and tell Callaway to get to get the Grom out of the game. And I, and I, and because Callaway is so pathetic, he has to have his GM tell him what to do. No, 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 no. And I get it; it happens in baseball in this day and age. You know, we got the the GM, the assistant GM, call down to the manager and tell him to 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 take this guy out, to take this guy out the game and put in some some anonymous reliever who throws a hundred miles an hour. I understand that's part of the game now, but still. I tell you one thing, these are not the 69 amazing Mets. Alright, so I tell you that right now. Right now. 37 and. 37 and 47. They've been on a seven game. They've lost. Since that Cub game last, last Sunday, they've lost every game since then. They're 37 and 47, 10 games under 500, 13 games behind their first place, Atlanta Braves. And they and they don't win on the road. They're seventeen to thirty one on the road. They're twenty and sixteen in City Field. Now I get it. They're home this weekend, but still. I uh, I mean I mean the bullpen. I mean they they can't get out of their own way. I mean last night, last night main example. <laughs> I mean it, it never ends with uh, not what I mean last. Oh excuse me, not last night. They won ten to two last night. Friday, prominent. Uh, hold on, am I? I clicked the wrong thing. I apologize on my on my uh, iPad here, but but prime example last night. I lost five to four. Why? Bullpen Seth Lugo. Who? Why Mickey? I mean, uh, even still, I mean, if you didn't learn from the week before with. Baez, why would you put him in in the same situation again? In the eighth inning, no less. 
back-to-back home runs from Nick Markakis and Austin Riley. Tie <laughs> Markakis ties it, and then Riley comes right behind him and and hits an, and hits another solo home run to give the Mets the lead, five to four. Nick Markakis and Austin Riley, not not Donaldson and Freeman. Now, no knock against Markakis. Of course, he's 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 a he's a he's a phenomenal he's a phenomenal he's a phenomenal liable baseball player. But, but Nick Markakis, let's be honest, Nick Markakis isn't necessarily known for hitting home runs. He's known for getting on base, getting on base, starting rallies. I mean, that's Markakis's ML for his career has never been to hit the long ball, especially late in late game situations like the like the Braves were in last night. But still, back to back home runs, blowing another lead, and Seth Lugo in the game. Mickey, do, do you do you not do, do you not learn anything from a week ago? Do do you not know? Do, you, do you, like do you pay attention to life? Like do you record and rewatch game film? Are you is your incompetence that bad that you literally put the same guy that cost you a lead not even seven days prior? You put him back in the same similar situation? Like you don't know what's fitting to happen? Then on Friday night, you 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 let some you get some guy named Mike Soroka outduel Jacob Degrom, who's been in a complete and utter disappointment, four and seven with a three point three two ERA, and and your best don't even show up Friday night. And yet you're gonna sit up here and and make and. And and get on and threaten reporters. When Edwin Diaz, who has been a complete and utter bomb and a complete and utter disaster and a complete bust since he put on the Met uniform coming from Seattle, has done absolutely nothing since when the Mets traded for him. He's one five with a four point with a four point nine four ERA. He along with Michael Givens. Blows a million saves. Can't get anybody out when when both are put in the game when when needed and when it's necessary. Both lead the world in blown saves. Both give up home run balls like you wouldn't believe. And and Edwin Diaz comes in. Mets are up. Mets up three one heading into the ninth. They can they can get a win against division who against the division rival in Philadelphia, who's also been a disappointment. I'll get to them later in the program, but you 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 can get out you can get out of Philly, get this win, go back home for the fiftieth reunion for the sixty nine Mets, and you you can be somewhat you know competent and feel somewhat good as a baseball team coming back home with the sixty nine reunion and everything else. Haven't won a game. Since last Saturday against the Cubs, you can put this entire road trip behind you from the from the things went on in Chicago and you can put it all behind you. Oh no, not the Mets! Always gotta get in their own way and do things the hard way. So what does Mickey Callaway do? He puts in Edward Diaz, who, like I just said, has done nothing since he's been in a Met uniform. Mets come in with a three-one lead in the ninth inning and give and 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 they give up, not not one. Not one. 
but two home runs to blow the lead. Franco and Gene Segura with home runs in the ninth inning. Michael Franco comes in the bottom of the ninth. Line drive to center field. Tie ball game. Makes it 3-3. Mets get Mets get uh Rioberto strikes out. Sean Rodriguez walks. Scott Kinkry singles. Gene Segura, walk-off home run, Phillies win, Mets lose again. Again, I, I mean, if if you are not part of the Mets faithful right now, you gotta laugh. This, this stuff, this stuff is comical. You you couldn't you couldn't make this up in in a, in a movie or a TV script even if you tried. I mean, this stuff is unbelievable. The way this team constantly vomits and pukes all and urinates all over themselves. Every single game. There's so much of an embarrassment, so much of a joke. You might you forget that they that, that they won the NL pennant back in 2015. Because because of that big because they they they're they are that much of a dumpster fire. I mean, to the Phillies, who even though they're who even though they're above five hundred, they've had their own demons to deal with earlier this season. And and speaking of not so good managers, it's not like Gabe. If Gabe Kapler could manage a game like he like he manages his strong muscular physique, they'd be doing something. Because right now the Phillies are three games over five hundred and are six and a half out of out of first place and have lost two straight. And I'll get to them later on. And then the Mets come home for the six and nine reunion, and they, and they and they put guys on on the little memorialized, you know, players of the six of players of the six and team that have passed since our last reunion, and they put up a bunch, they put up a bunch of guys who ain't who are still alive, so, so they can't do anything right. I mean, oh my goodness gracious, the Mets, the Mets, the Mets. New, I mean, I don't know what's what's a bigger laughing stock in New York, the Mets or the Knicks. I, I honestly have no idea, because they, because the, uh, oh my goodness gracious. I mean, I li- I literally, I read on the internet that that the Mets, even though they are only ten games under five hundred, and and. And roster-wise, they're nowhere near as bad as Orioles. But I read that people will right now rather be Orioles fans than Mets fans, considering the dysfunction and the circus crap that goes on with that franchise. Not to mention Robinson Cano, who can't hit, doesn't hustle down the first base line, and has been a complete mess since he put on a Met uniform. L- literally, the the title of the Met story I'm reading in the post in black bold 
Dysfunction Junction. Because that exactly is what the Mets have become. One big dysfunction dumpster fire. One big dysfunction dumpster fire. Bobby Bonilla Day is tomorrow. Former Met Bobby Bonilla gets paid $1 million from the New York Mets every July 1st until 2035. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be knocking on my 30s by then. Oh my gosh almighty. Anyway. Moving on to the other not a dysfunction dumpster fire like the Mets are, but a disappointment in the Philadelphia Phillies. Who also share the National League Eastern Division with the Mets. Hey John, this is a Philadelphia Phillies team that is sitting right now second place behind the Atlanta Braves at 43 and 40. They're six and a half games behind Atlanta. They've lost two in a row. They can't win on the road. Bryce Harper has been a complete, has been shot in their one game out of the second wild card spot. Bryce Harper has been shot the entire season, has done absolutely positively nothing this season. I mean, for his standards, okay. I'm sorry, but Bryce Harper hitting hitting two fifty six when he's getting paid over three hundred million dollars a year. I don't. That is not cutting it when you are when you allow the Miami Marlins to have a six run seventh inning against you, and you're trying to compete to to make the postseason after you went out and got and got Bryce Harper. I'm I'm sorry. Bryce Harper hitting 243 with 14 home runs and five RBIs is not cutting it. Okay, I do not care about you know. Well, there's the shift. I I don't want to hear any excuses for Bryce Harper. And I told you guys this when he got signed. I, okay, and I like Bryce Harper. I'm a fan. Okay, I, if you would have asked me who I would pay to pay to see play, I'm giving you Harper every single time over Mike Trout. And that doesn't mean that Bryce Harper's a better player than Mike Trout. But if you but if you think that 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 Mike Trout is more entertaining to watch and more uh, electrifying to watch as a ball player and doesn't make you say what, then then Bryce Harper, you're crazy. Okay, Mike Trout, he's a good player, but let's be honest. He he he's 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 boring. 
He okay. He he puts you to sleep. I mean, let's be honest. But still, back to Harper. No excuses. You signed a mega million dollar contract in the off season. Okay. No excuses. You are hitting. 243 with 14 home runs and 55 RBIs. You have done nothing since you won the MVP. Absolutely nothing. You come, you vomited all over yourself in Washington. Couldn't get a hit. Couldn't hit out of a paper bag if your life depended on it. No excuses, okay? You are the bread and butter of this Philadelphia lineup. Okay? It's you, Reese Hoskins, Michael Franco, okay? Franco, who hasn't hit well to begin with, but still, you are the leader of that clubhouse. Everyone from the top on down in that lineup is looking for looking at you for guidance and looking at you for leadership, okay? And leadership, I'm sorry, Bryce, is not going one for four with three strikeouts, Okay? The Mets didn't the 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 Phillies didn't pay an arm and a leg for you for you to hit for you to hit two fifty okay and then don't give me this garbage about well he's a power hitter power hitter is a bunch of crap okay Bryce Harper is a five tool player okay this is if this, this isn't Big Poppy Pablo Sandoval hitting two fifty Chris Davis in two fifty six this is a five tool player in Bryce Harper who you can put anywhere in the lineup. One who you can put anywhere in the lineup, one through five, one through four. Okay, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. He is a phenomenal Hall of Fame potential talent, and his job is to get the job done for his team. Which means when there's runners on first and second, and you're down by a run or two, that doesn't mean you you pop a ball up to the moon. To, to to the uh, catcher behind the backstop, or swing and a miss at a, at a at a at a uh, at a slider that comes in low and in that's down at the dirt. Okay, you're not at Augusta hitting the ball out the bunker, uh, you know, after you, after you put it in there coming off the 16th tee box. Okay, enough, Harper. You're getting paid over 300 million dollars a year, 13 years. Okay, this is a fan base that is not in the mood for any of your crap. Okay, ask the Eagles, ask the Eagles, ask the 76ers. They are not in the, they're not in the mood for this. Okay, you and the Phillies keep this up. They're going to have Eagles training camp with and they're going to be breaking out car, the connection between Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson come come August 30 this time next month, come August 31st. Instead of talking about you and your Phillies, you keep this up. Okay. This this city will turn its page from baseball to football so fast you won't know what hits you. So unless you want to still be relevant come late August, I suggest you you and your team, Gabe Kapler, that includes you now, okay, I've had enough of him. Gabe Kapler, oh, he's this, he he's a sexy new toy in Major League Baseball. Oh, look how young he looks. Oh, he can still play. That's a bunch of garbage. He has done, he he vomited all over himself in his first 
series, his first series managing last year against the Braves, if you remember that correctly, didn't know how in the heck the manager's bullpen was completely lost in the, in his first ever series on a, on a major league level against the Braves last year. Lost, okay? Fine. If he looks that good, he should he should still be playing. Okay. If Gabe Kapler managed like like he's able to main, maintain his muscular strong physique, he'd be doing something. Okay. Spend less time less time in the weight room and more time in the and and more time in the um less time in the weight room and more time in the meeting room. Okay, Gabe. Enough. Okay. The, you you, ha, you got Harper, Hoskins. The, you got a nice roster here. Nice roster with Arietta as well as one of your starting pitchers. Okay, you, you you shouldn't you shouldn't be getting beat nine to six against the hapless Miami Marlins. Okay, un, un, unacceptable, unacceptable. Get it done. Because that city of Philly will turn on you in a heartbeat. And Harper found that out in mid in mid May. You you notice that? After the honey after the the sweet honeymoon was over and he lost his mind against the Nationals in his first trip to D.C. in mid April, you notice how 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 fast they started booing Harper. You notice that? For better or for worse, Philly has has no has no time for this crap. For for better and for worse, there's a reason why Philly fans boo because they are not accepting trash horse crap product from from the baseball teams or for any of them teams for that matter. Just ask the Eagles, who had a division, who had a division, and I believe a a, a first round buy locked up, Chris by Christmas of 2017, and because Nick Foles and company were a little spotty against the Raiders on a meaningless Monday night football game on 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 uh, on Christmas night of 2017. They booed him off the field. Only for the Eagles to turn around a, a month and a week, a month and a few weeks later, and win the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Okay. For for better for worse. And if Philly doesn't straighten up and fly right, come I can see it now. Come August 29th, August 30th. Did I say Bobby Bonilla Day was was tomorrow? I meant it's July 1st. July 1st is, is uh Yeah, it is tomorrow. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought I thought I got it right. Anyway, but I trust me on this. August 30th, they will be breaking down. I can see it now. Who matter of fact, who did he let me see out who the Eagles play week one. I can see it now. WIP 94 in Philadelphia and newspapers and every media entity in that, in that city will be talking Eagle football so fast you won't you they won't know what hits you. They play the Redskins. Huh. They will be talking they will be breaking down Josh Norman against Deshaun Jackson and Dwayne Haskins going up against that Eagle defense in that front seven so fast it will make it will make your head spin. Breaking news: Kevin Durant plans to sign with the Nets. 
I'll get to that. That's breaking news right now from Adrian Wojnarowski, whatever his name is, <laughs> from <laughs> from ESPN. I'll get to that a little bit later on. But but back to my main point. Phillies, get it done, okay? You lost two straight. You're three games over 500. You got a decent roster. You got Arietta, World Series champion, and Nola in, in, in your starting five, okay? Kepler, less time doing naked pull-ups and more time in the in the uh, in the film room, trying trying to breaking down tape and and making sure Bryce Harper doesn't go zero for five with three strikeouts and making sure you're you're not losing to the Marlins uh nine to nothing. Touch on the Rays and their little weird fiasco between them sharing homes with Montreal and Tampa Bay. And I'll touch on Yankees-Red Sox that happened in London. And NBA later on as news just broke about Kevin Durant right after this. Welcome back to the Mattel Like a TIA's podcast. Uh, two more things on the baseball and then I'll touch on uh, the NBA free agency. I'll also have Jake Simmons, host of Simmons on Sports. He'll join me in a little bit. Next segment as well. Uh, so the Montreal... Okay, so the Tampa Bay Rays, who have been playing in a trash heap that is Tropicana Field since the 90s, since their inclusion into the league in the 90s. This broke on June 21st. The Rays received permission from Major League Baseball's executive council to explore a plan which they will be able to play home games both in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, and in Montreal. This is from Commissioner Manfred last, or excuse me, this past Thursday. Uh, Rays have embraced the two-city solution as the most feeble saving baseball in the Tampa Bay area. After failed attempts to build a new stadium in the region, blah, blah, blah. We'll play early home games in Tampa Bay and play the remainder of the year in Montreal. Uh, and, it's not, and keep in mind, the, Ra- the Rays are not going to be playing games in a brand new Montreal stadium. They're going to be playing games in another trash heap that is Olympic Stadium. That somehow, some way, still, it still, uh, still is uh, a thing. But, yeah, so Montreal, they're not even going to build a new stadium until they feel that Tampa is on their way. First of all, what Major Baseball should do is, is just cut the crap and cut out the middleman. Tampa, they can't they can't keep a major, that, and it's not even in Tampa Bay, which, Tampa, which isn't even in Tampa, Florida, the actual city. He, he, uh... You know, I Jake went down there for for spring break. I'll g- get his thoughts on that before we get to the NBA stuff when I have him on. But the state, I mean, the stadium is in St. Petersburg, Florida. I mean, who who's like, yeah, I'm gonna go to St. Petersburg, Florida tonight. I mean, nobody does that. I mean, the the Tampa Bay Rays have been one of the best teams in baseball all season long, and they can't draw flies. So, you can't even say, well, the teams are bad. Well, that's not true because the Rays are 48, or the Rays are 48 and 36. They won two games in a row, and they, and they are just, and if they keep it up, they could run away with the, with the number one wild card, uh, with the number one wild card spot, and they, and they can't draw flies. 
So what Major League Baseball should do is just cut the crap, cut out the middleman, and say, Rays, you, you, your, your city, your area can't build you a stadium. Stu Sternberg has been a complete frugal penny pincher, horse, horse, uh, crap shoot up an owner. He's he's financially ran run this team into the ground. Done they they attendance wise wise they've done nothing absolutely nothing. The the stadium stinks. It's bland. It's boring. It's disgusting. It's 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 it's, it's a complete it's a complete mess. So what what so what Tampa should do is is just throw away the whole thing. And 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 think and 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 just move to Montreal entirely. Just 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 move to Montreal and entirely, be, be, because of the, the because it's obvious the region doesn't doesn't care anything about the Tampa Bay Rays. They draw again, one of the best teams in the American League, and they cannot draw flies, cannot draw flies. They they need to just get get up and move and move to Montreal. And then what the Rays are doing is that they're they're and for from the team's perspective, it's a smart idea because you don't want to fully commit to, to Montreal, and then you draw nobody there, and then you're stuck there. And it's like, well, what, what are we gonna do? So it's not a good look for the sport. But if you but if you're Sternberg and if you're the come from the Rays organizational main office standpoint, own the ownership standpoint, it makes sense because you don't want to fully commit to Montreal, not knowing what you're going to get there when if you commit there full time. So it makes sense from that standpoint. But even still, just get up and move the team. Ten, more. Did you all know this? The New York Yankees who actually have their spring training facility and their spring training stadium, George Steinbrenner Field. They have th- that stadium and their spring training facility in the city of Tampa. It's like right around the corner from Raymond James Stadium. They actually have it in the city of Tampa, and they draw more crowds in spring training games than the Rays do on a regular week-to-week, night-to-night basis. They they draw more. Look it up. Now I get it. It's the New York Yankees, but still, it, it's it's spring training. The games the games don't actually count. And sixty percent of the guys you see in spring training games are a bunch of guys that'll be starting Double A AA and Triple A rosters, and riding the bench on the major league level. And they draw more. Than the Tampa Bay Rays do, and the Rays are the hometown team. The Yankees all the way up in New York. Yet they have, the, yet they have their facility. They yet they have their facilities and their operations in Tampa, and they draw more than the, than the Rays. Anyways, uh, switching gears now to the first ever London series played in London, England, across the pond in Europe. One of the oldest, most fiercest, intense rivalries in all of sports meets new ground. They've played years, decades, a century even, generations. 
of Yankee and Red Sox baseball at Fenway Park and at both Yankee stadiums. But starting yesterday was the first time ever it was played outside of those three venues. Better yet, outside the United States, in fact. The Yankees and Red Sox took their fierce hate-filled robbery to London Stadium, which was home of the 2012 London Olympic Games, and the Yankees and Red Sox. What a game. Yankees won uh, uh, one Saturday by the final score of 17-13. Yep, you heard that right. 17-13, a combined 30 runs in that game. Aaron Hicks, Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge hit the home runs for the Yankees. Chavis, who, what, yeah, he had two home runs for the Red Sox as well as Jackie Bradley Jr. And did you know, I read something, I swear, I read something and it was funny. Patriots scored 13 points in Super Bowl 53, one easy. Red Sox score 13 points in a game, and they get and they get ran out the building. Cause that game was not close heading into the bottom of the seventh inning. It was tied 6-6 in the first, and then the Yankees had a two-run third inning, a six-run fourth inning, and a three-run fifth inning. And they only managed to score one run, and they and they kind of outside of that six run seventh, and the Red Sox didn't do a didn't do a didn't do a whole lot. Yankees spread spread their scoring around, scored six in the first, two in the third, six in the fourth, five in the in the fifth. Meanwhile, Red Sox only scored in the first inning, one in the sixth inning, and six in the seventh. Both had a. Both combined for 19 plus 18 hits. Both teams combined for 37 hits and 30 runs. No airs, by the way. But, and both, and there were, uh, six home runs across the board for both. So, how about that, you Londoners and, and Englishmen out there who went to that game? And you got an absolutely offensive fireworks show from the Yankees and Red Sox. Rick Porcello and Masahiro Tanaka couldn't get out of the first inning. Tanaka went two with uh, went two thirds of an inning, g- gave up four hits, six runs, and walked two guys. Meanwhile, Rick Porcello he 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 got one out in the first inning. That was it. Gave up five hits, six runs. And walked the guy, and also gave up a strikeout. And uh, and Brewer that came in right behind him for the Red Sox, only pitched two thirds inning of work. But the Red Sox ended up losing that game, but on final score seventeen to three. And today they played at ten a.m. bright and early this morning, and the Yankees won that game by a score another offensive fireworks show. By the final score of twelve to eight, so if you do the math, you get seventeen runs by the Yankees plus twelve. You have twenty nine, and the Red Sox scored thirteen and eight. So you the Red Sox the Yankees outscored the Red Sox by the twenty nine to twenty one runs. So pitching was nowhere to be found in this series. D.D. Gregorius, he homered for the Yankees. Xander Bogarts did as well. 
uh, earlier this morning, and J.D. Martinez and Christian Vasquez did as well. Yankees won the game 12-8, to uh, had a nine-run seventh inning. Boy, those Yankees bats. You, you know, don't tell me that they miss Stanton because, trust me, they, they do not need Stanton and his 0-4 with three strikeouts right now. All he would do is just dampen and kill the Yankee uh, mojo that they're uh, f- flying high on right now. Don't, please, don't, don't tell me. Aaron Judge, you know, he is their most valuable player on their team. I mean, I know they've gotten it done while he's been injured and everything else, but I'm taking Aaron Judge over Stan any day of the week, and he and he's proven it, and he's proven it since he's came off the disabled list. The same, uh, excuse me, the injured list. Stanton comes off the IL and ends up right back on it because he's got a bad knee. But anyway, so Yankees uh, take the first ever London series. You want my opinion on the London series? Yeah, it's something different. It's just cool. It's neat. It's interesting. I mean, I look at it as a money grab myself because, you know, baseball is, is America's pastime. It's popular. Baseball is popular in Asian and South America and Central American countries. Why in the world we're bringing a, 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 a North, South, Central American and Asian uh, game to uh, Europe like they'd be interested, like they'd care. But Major League Baseball has issues with the raised ballpark like I brought up earlier and and trying to get hind parts in the seats in the in the states, and they're gonna sit here and trying to expand to to Europe, makes no sense to me. But I mean, hey, it, it made us it made somebody a, f- a few million a few million dollars. So anyway, that's that. And the Orioles they played they they played well as well, doing a little baseball potpourri here. Orioles outs, even though they lost earlier this afternoon here on Sunday, June third, by a final score of two to nothing. Anthony Santana struck out with the bases loaded in the game, but the but the Orioles, boy, back, how about back to back thirteen nothing victories for them? I give them a lot of flack, so I'll be fair, and I got I got a well, I'm gonna be fair with them, my favorite team, but I gotta be fair, you know they they set Saturday and a Friday night boy best best two games they've played all season they're the first team in MLB history to win by thirteen runs or more in back to back games while also recording a shutout. Think about that for a minute. Won back to back nights by the final score of thirteen to nothing, and now scored the Cleveland Indians twenty six to two in the series. Think about that twenty six. To two in the series, so kudos to the Orioles who also got their first series win since taking the opening series in New York against the Yankees back in late March, and also their first series win since April as well. Take a break, and me and Jake will chop it up and talk to NBA free agency right after this. Welcome back to Mattel Like Your TIS podcast. Here joining me now, host of his own podcast on the Anchor platform, my main man, Jacob Simmons. Jacob, how are you today, pal? Okay. I'm good. How are you? Good, Jake. Uh, before we get into the NBA, uh, I'll, t- I'll bring on this and then we'll get to the NBA to the cows come home. But the re- what do you think about the Tampa Bay Rays moving? or splitting their time between Tampa Bay and Montreal. You were down there in the stadium 
uh, back in mid-April. You've seen the stadium. You sat inside it for a game. You know what it's like. Give the audience some thoughts on the stadium environment and what team's presence is in Tampa. Well, the stadium I actually really loved. It felt great in there. It was like cool in there. It was very comfortable. I like. I mean, here's the bad part. Like, there's barely any fans. My uncle joked was like, "I see in a Walmart more packed in the stadium." And the stadium is like very empty, really. And there were so many no fans there. Like, there are barely any fans that I kept moving seats so many times in my section. So very empty there. Right. Uh, what do you, what do you th- what do you think? And I'll last thing, then we'll get to the NBA. I promise. But what do you think of what are your thoughts on Major League Baseball giving the Rays the okay to kind of split their time between Montreal and Tampa? Well, I think it's an interesting idea. I think maybe at this point just go to Montreal because Tampa Bay clearly it just isn't working out for with fans. They barely have any fans. I mean, just maybe they'll just move to Montreal. I mean, splitting their games would just to me makes no sense now that I really think about it a lot. I agree. Like I like I told the audience earlier in the program, the, like I, you didn't hear me say it, but I'll say it to you and I'll repeat it. The New York Yankees draw more crowds for their spring training games in Tampa than the Tampa Bay Rays do in the regular season. That's all you need to know about oh, yeah. the Rays' presence in Tampa. Uh, moving on to the NBA, your favorite uh, thing. Before we get to free agency, you're a Laker fan. Yes. And about a week and a half ago, Anthony Davis was traded from the New Orleans Pelicans to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for Alonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, right? I think I got that right. Yeah. Give me a th- yeah, thank you. Give me your thoughts on give me your thoughts on it, Drake, from a from a Laker fan perspective. Well, I was very excited. I was in a graduation when it happened and I walked out of the room and started jumping up and down. I was Extremely happy. I mean, I think it's going to be great. LeBron and AD may be the best duo, but, you know, we make it Kawhi. We'll see what happens. But I think it's – I was very excited. I mean, I am – I really was a huge fan of Lonzo, but, you know, we'll see how he does in New Orleans with Zion. I mean, at the end of the day, I think people want to say we kept, the like, the worst out of the three of Zoe and Ingram and Kuzma. But, you know, Kuzma, I think Stephen A. Smith said it himself. He said we had to hold on to him for dear life, and I'm so glad we kept Kuzma, and I think – very successful trade on both ends, I feel like. Coles was a nice little basketball player. Good job by you all finally doing something right here yeah. on the Kyle Kuzma. He's a, he's a nice basketball player. And uh, so get your thoughts on that. Uh, switching gears now. I mean, just while I've been recording this podcast, I mean, Anthony, Kevin Durant playing this oh, yeah. on a four-year, $142 million maximum contract with not the New York Knicks, but the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, Knicks fans are crying. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that, 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 you gotta laugh at that. It I really mean, is funny. The, the Knicks thinking that they have Kevin Durant and he goes to the Nets. <laughs> The Knicks thought they were going to Zion, Kyrie, Kyrie, and KD. I'm sorry, but that is just too comical. That is just too comical. They thought they were going to get Zion. They didn't get him. They <laughs> thought they were going to get Kevin Durant. And he goes to the Nets. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on that. I'm sorry. That is too oh funny. God. That is – it's very – I thought he was going to be a Nick at this point that – like, early in the season, I thought Kevin Durant was definitely going to be a Nick, and now we're hearing speculation eventually Kyrie and Katie going to team up, and it's like, 
I and DeAndre Jordan's there too, and like and, K, and you got to think also uh, KD's gonna be out for the whole season, so I wonder how they'll do. But I think right the best do is we may ever see of Kyrie, Kyrie, and KD. I can't speak of keep saying, but yeah, I think it's. I don't think it's shocking. We all know what's gonna happen, but I'm just like, this is crazy. This this is the biggest free agency in a while. Well, well, if you look at it from Kevin Durant's perspective, it's really going to be three years of he'll actually be playing basketball in a New York, uh, excuse me, a Brooklyn yeah. uniform rather than four years because he's going to he has the Achilles injury. I was shocked that he. I had a. Feel, I told his audience after was that you would think I. I thought that. The, he was going to sign, resign with the Warriors for one year, so he can collect the check and and receive and and uh, by Golden State, who's been taking care of him since he since he got there a few years ago, and then wait till next wait till next July, next June, and and decide where he wants to go if he wants to go to Brooklyn or down in Manhattan with the Knicks or whatever else, but he, he shocked me. I mean, he's, 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 going, he's, he's sacrificing a year of, of play to go sign with the Brooklyn Nets and to team up with, with Kyrie Irving, who, and I, and the news broke about Kyrie joining the Nets before hours before Ke- the Kevin mm-hmm. Durant news broke down. And in my mind, and I was I was going to say until I got the news that Kevin Durant was going to sign with the Nets, I was going to say that that the Nets were, were making a huge mistake signing Kyrie to oh, be yeah. the number one guy when he clearly proved while while he was in Boston that he is no leader and no number one guy under any circumstances. He he's the wingman. He's 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 bat, he's Robin to LeBron James's Batman. And it looks and it looks and he's gonna looks like he's going to be that quote unquote leader type like he was in Boston at least for this upcoming uh, NBA season and then he'll play and then he'll get back to the role which he is best I mean let's yeah. be honest he's best being a wingman to the superstar LeBron Kevin Durant and we'll and and it, it, it shouldn't be a shock to anybody that the 2020 2022 20, 2020-2021 season will be much, much better for he and the Nets oh, yeah. than the 2019-2020 season where he's basically going to be the number one guy since Kevin Durant's out with his Achilles injury. I think it's, I mean, the interesting signing to me with that is signing DeAndre Jordan. I wonder how it's going to work out. I mean, I thought they had a really decent center with Jared Allen. I don't know what's going to happen there if he's going to bench or you start. I mean, I thought it was interesting they got DeAndre Jordan. I mean, he's very good friends with KD. I mean, Kyrie clearly, you know, he's not a, a number one player in the team. And I thought he's committed to the Nets yesterday, I'm seeing. And if KD went to the Knicks, and I thought there's no way KD's not going to the Nets at that point because Kyrie's not going to sign somewhere by himself because he would just be in the same situation. Right. I mean, it, 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 it would have made no sense for the Nets to sit up here and, and risk themselves. Doing the signing Kyrie Irving when he proved while he was in Boston that he is no number one type type uh, player by any stretch. Uh, Zion Williamson gets drafted number one in the uh, NBA draft last week by the New Orleans Pelicans. I gave you my I gave my audience uh, my thoughts on on uh, on the pick itself and the state of the, and how. Lucky the Pelicans ended up losing Anthony Davis, but getting Zion Williamson through the draft. Give me your thoughts on Zion going number one right quick. Then we'll get back to free agency. I think it was 
I mean, I think he's going to do decent there. I think they might have a chance making the playoffs. I mean, you have Lonzo, you got Brennan Ingram, Josh Hart in the trade, and that fourth pick, They, I know they traded that away. I think he's going to do very well there, but I'm not sure if it's going to be any – I mean, he might be in the same situation how Anthony Davis was. You know, he was there for, like, seven years, didn't get anything completed. His talents were kind of wasted. I don't know if he's going to request a trade and disappoint Pelicans fans. I think he'll do the – I don't think he'll do that. I think he's going to try to commit with this organization and see what he can do there. And I think it'll work out, honestly. I mean, New York is where I want to see him. I think it – obviously, Knicks fans, but I think Zion will end up working out in New Orleans, I think. Okay. And because Kyrie and Kevin Durant is a net, D'Angelo Russell is no longer a net. It yeah. sounds like he's going to be approaching free agency. Give me your thoughts on that a little bit. Let me hear. Yeah, I think D'Lo is probably going to be a uh, minister of Timberwolves. I don't want him to come back to the Lakers because I were to take Kawhi the day, and I don't think he's going to come to the Lakers. I think he's going to be a Timberwolf. I think that's going to be really good with him and Cat there. And Timberwolves are supposedly determined to trade, and I think they will trade. Andrew Wiggins, and that's just a complete mess he is. I mean, I don't know if that big contract he does not deserve. And But I think, yeah, D'Angelo Russell, I thought he would want to play with Kyrie in there, but you realize, you know, he doesn't want to be a second fiddle. So it's clearly, to me, he's clear he's going to be a minister to Timberwolves. Unless the Lakers don't start out Kawhi, which it seems like they will, I think he will go to the Lakers then. But D'Angelo Russell really proved himself last year, and I think he's going to get do very well in Minnesota, assuming he goes there. Okay. Uh, uh, let's let's see. All right, the two stays. Sounds like Clay Thompson's going to stay with yeah. Portland State, and it sounds like Damian Lillard's going to stay in Portland. Give me your thoughts on that. Oh, Portland, they got they just signed him to uh, like a super max. It was what um, like a big. I don't know if he's worth one hundred ninety six million. I mean. No. Yeah, he's not he worth isn't. that. They just they signed he's him get, to four year. I'm he, like, that's he, crazy. He's 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 getting paid more than he's getting paid more than Kevin Durant. Is yeah, saying, that's, and no. Kevin Durant is worlds better than Damian Lillard. No, no way. I mean, I gave him credit. I think he did a good job in the playoffs. He did good and I'm choking against the Warriors, but he's not worth that. And I just think Damian Lillard at the end of the day, I don't know. He's a top ten. I'm not sure a top five. I will put him at. I mean. He's not worth $196 million. Also, no, a guy who's no not worth the contract is Chris Middleton. He just got one from the Bucks. I yeah, believe. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, he, I forget what he, it was. How much was it? 141 I think. Fact that he, the fact that he is making more than. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Onto the Kumpo. That is goodness, absolutely insane. Goodness gracious. Re- oh, my God. Re- really, Bucks? I mean, this is Chris Middleton, not uh, not, not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> I mean, really. Let's, let's be honest. It's Let- Chris Middleton is not worth that. He just, he's a good player. Like, this season, in my opinion, he did not deserve a good All-Star game. Last season, he did. I mean, he's not, like, I don't know, I don't know what player to compare him to, but he's not worth that in. Also, I want to bring up a sign. Terry Rozier plans to go to the uh, Hornets for a three-year, fifty-eight million contract. I don't. That's a complete mistake, in my opinion, for him going there. Well, my thoughts on Clay Thompson staying in Golden State are: listen, he's he's built him, he's built himself a name and has built himself a reputation in Golden State. He's a homegrown guy. They. Outside of Kevin Durant, they've built that team up through the draft the right way, the way you're supposed to do it. He's belongs to Golden State. He's a fan favorite, in my opinion. He's better. He's better in some ways that that Steph Curry isn't. 
why go out and try to compete with Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard in free agency when there's, you know, limited amount of teams you can go to, especially because Anthony Davis is holding out a spot in L.A. Yeah. The Lakers if you want to go there. So, and it's not like that Golden State all of a sudden isn't, going, isn't you know, their title contending days are over. It just means that because no Kevin Durant anymore and the fact that he is, and the fact that he's hurt, it just means that that Golden State won't be a lock for uh, out of the Western Conference for the NBA Finals. So on his part, and it's smart, especially because he's recovering. And, you know, see, Kevin Durant, his issue was he had to go somewhere to prove to everyone, who, including me, who got on him for leaving OKC and jumping bandwagon with Golden State. He, that, that, yeah. that's, that's why Kevin Durant went, went to Brooklyn. That that he cared more about that than he did him staying behind in Oakland and recovering with his uh, and recovering with his Achilles. Clay Thompson doesn't have to worry about that. He's a Golden State Warrior. He has been his whole career. He's got he's won championships. Why why not stay and see if you and Steph can again? He and Steph have only done it one time, winning a championship. Yeah. And and he's trying to see if he and Steph can can win one by themselves again. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, let's see. Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. opting out of his contract is uh, I think was a team or player option with the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. How do you see him going to the Clippers? Do you see him going to the Lakers, or do you see him? Those are really the three teams. It's L.A. or Toronto. Yeah. Nobody else. I saw originally he was going to stay at the Raptors, but I'm thinking more and more likely he's going to be a Laker. It seems like he want to announce his free agency decision by uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I think tomorrow maybe, but I think – it's either Lakers or Raptors at this point. I mean, I think the Clippers, they might strike out maybe on Boogie Cousins. Maybe I don't see them striking out anyone big at this point, you know, if anyone else. So the Clippers, I don't think – I think the Lakers have more of an appealing offer. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs at the end of the day. They didn't, and the Clippers did. That's the one advantage I think the Clippers have. Like, if you're the Clippers, you're saying, hey, how would you like to play with Montrez Harrell and Gallinari when you're the Lakers? How would you like to play with AD and LeBron? That's what I think. <laughs> I mean – who wants right. to play with them when you play with AD and LeBron and, you know, take over maybe win a championship in L.A. for sure? Yep. Uh, do two other things, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, Kemba Walker plans to oh, yeah. connect or plans to uh, sign with the Celtics. Give me your thoughts on him. That is, to me, a disaster sign. I don't know why you would go to Boston. It's like the Boston – If even if they get Clint Capella or Steven Adams, you, you're not going – Anywhere, you're mostly going to me as a second round still, and that I don't know why he would go to Boston. He should have went somewhere like Dallas or or even Indiana, considered because at Dallas, you know, if Porzingis and Luca, I mean, they have a really good core there. I think I don't know why he would go to Boston. Boston, just for all we know, Danny Age might trade you because knowing him, I don't know. It's just a terrible signing, up, in my opinion. That's that's set to happen. It's not set in stone yet, but that is what yeah reported that it could happen. Uh, last thing, Jimmy Butler planning to meet with the Miami Heat. Heat looking for another centerpiece to build around since uh, since Dwayne Wade is no longer. He is retired as an NBA uh, shooting guard. 
I think it was shooting guard or yeah, forward, shooting guard. Yeah, shooting guard. Yeah. So they're looking for another centerpiece, centerpiece around. Uh, Pat Riley, one of the most underrated but great NBA coaches of all time. Always got that championship fiber in him, trying to compete for another championship out the East. What do you think about the Heat uh, and Jimmy Butler? Give me your thoughts on that. I, I don't get that. Jimmy Butler will marry the Heat. I mean, I get he wants to be a star player for team, but why the Heat? I mean, the Heat are a young team, and they didn't make the playoffs last year. I don't get that's why he would go to the Miami Heat. I thought he would maybe want to go to Houston, which I don't think would be a good idea, but I thought he would like, want to go there. I, and if anything, he should just go and stay in Philadelphia. But if he, if he goes to Miami, it seems more and more that Tobias would stay in Philly, but to me, Miami, that's, I don't get that. I mean, they have some white side they might trade. I mean, I don't – I thought they almost might be rebuilding, so I don't get why we won't go to Miami. You have other options out there. Yeah, I, I, t- I totally get that. Uh, real quick, that's – you know. so let me get your thoughts on now. So if the season were to begin right now, who do you think would go to the NBA Finals right now? Right now, I would have to go with, gosh, I, I would honestly maybe the Warriors still, maybe the Rockets, but I think not the Nets. I would say the Nets if KD were healthy, so I'd have to say the Warriors still. Out of the West? Oh no, um, Lakers. I think maybe the Lakers. I think will go to the finals if they get Kawhi. But I just, I, th- I would say the Nets if KD was healthy. You would say that it's okay. So who's gonna say out the East then? Uh, right. Hold right on. Now. Let let let's say let's say Kawhi resigns. Mm, then definitely the Raptors. How do you think yeah. going to do? Yeah, definitely the Raptors. I would say if he's recently. Ra- Raptors and uh, Lakers. Yeah, I would say the Raptors and Lakers. Okay, let's say that Kawhi signs with 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 an LA team. It doesn't matter who, but with an LA yeah. team. I would who, say who, probably maybe that team. Uh, maybe I don't know if he's. If he goes to the Lakers, I say yes, they go to the finals. Clippers, no. Why do you think that? Clippers, I mean, not enough. I think the Lakers, LeBron, AD, and Kawhi, that's like one, maybe one of the best trios you could see in a long time, potentially. I think Anthony Davis, if he stays healthy, that's the problem. And he has to stay healthy. All of them, you know, LeBron, AD, and Kawhi, if they stay healthy, they're going to the finals, I think. If they build the right roster and – I mean, the Lakers pitched to Kawhi is, hey, you want Lloyd manager? You want to rest? Well, we got you because we got AD and LeBron here already. Me personally, I don't know. If if Kawhi resigns, I can see it being a Laker-Raptor final. Yeah. If Kawhi leaves, I can see it being a Laker I – don't, I don't even know who you would get out these. I don't know. Maybe the Bucks. No one, about the Bucks. Yeah, but the Bucks is like Ante Kumpo. He's got to get a jump shot. You that's know? true. He really does. And Philly is weird, you know. But, they yeah, got, that's what they, I think they, too. They're weird they could, teams. they could, they could lose Butler and Bead never plays. Mm. You mm. know, the Celtics aren't going to be that that great of a basketball team. So, and, and it's just for this, and the and the Nets won't be world beaters either because no Kevin Durant. Yeah, they won't have. Uh, Kyrie Irving. So out out the east, you're out the east. Unless Kawhi resigns, you really you really could pick anybody exactly, out, out, yeah. the, out the east. But I tell you, but I tell you right now, the 2021 NBA Finals, 
Lakers and Nets. That's what I think. That, yeah, for sure. You can write that. You can write that down. Lake Lakers and Nets. Le, LeBron, Anthony Davis, maybe Kawhi Leonard going up against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. 2021 NBA Finals, early June. We will be what finishing up our first year in college. Yeah, fielding. Can write that down right now. I think that will happen. I agree with you. Write it down. All right, Jake. Good talking to you. We'll keep in touch throughout this entire NBA free agency process. Thanks for joining me. All right, thank thank you. you. Thank you. And thank you, the listener, for listening to another episode of the TIS podcast. If you like what you heard and you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button and share with your friends and family, co-workers, and classmates. I'm your boy, Josh Shields. I am signing out.